Um, I want to say uh, welcome to all our guests today. Thank you for coming. My name is Eric Matoya, and we're glad you're here. I also want to say welcome to all those watching Facebook Live or listening to our podcast today. We, we uh, know that it's going to be a helpful service, so enjoy. And uh, we're just we're glad you're here. We'll be here for another 30 minutes, and then we'll just send you on. Have about 35 minutes, and we'll send you on to go eat some lunch, and uh, if you're going to eat lunch. And then enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And so uh, it's, it's good. We are in a series it's called Fit 17, so this is part four. And so if this is your first time to the Grove, uh, we want to say welcome. We're glad you're here, but you're coming in the middle of a conversation. You can go catch up if you want to catch up to the other uh, messages previously to know what we're talking about. It'll be helpful. Uh, but today, you, you, I think you'll still get something out of it. Just uh, be there. Uh, be, be, um, yeah, just, just pay attention. You'll, you'll get something good. Uh, the series is about this. About being fit is about really not just, not just coping with life, learning to cope with life, but really learning how to live and enjoy life. Uh, if you can become healthy, um, you, you will begin to, to enjoy life more than just coping with it. You know, coping is important to be able to deal, to deal with things, but we're talking about what about really enjoying life moving forward. And so that's what we're talking about. And really it's about spiritual fitness. Uh, Fit 17, we said, what would we focus on one aspect of our life and the spiritual component that a lot of time gets overlooked and neglected? Because here's the thing. You can work on your physical health. You can work on your financial health or your mental health or your relational health. And those are all important. You should work on them. But a lot of times one of those, one of those segments of your life doesn't always bleed into everything else. But spiritual health does impact every single one of those. And it will help us be better. And so we want to learn how to be, be healthy spiritually when it comes to that. And so if, if you're here for the first time, maybe you haven't been for a long time, we want to say welcome back to church. Uh, this is a series that's going to help you. The series is really geared to help uh, people, that Christ followers, to, to know some, some disciplines and some practices they need to have in their life to be able to be healthy. Uh, but the, here's the thing with, with these principles that we've been talking about. Uh, the principles for being spiritually fit apply to being physically fit, relationally fit. They're, they're principles. Principles are, are universal. They, they, they translate a lot of times into other spheres of our life. And so today we're going to be talking about a spiritual component. But if you learn this practice and this, and this principle, it, and you begin to practice it in other areas of your life, it'll also, also help. So maybe you're, if you're maybe new to church and been here for a while, and maybe you're not really ready to sign up for following Christ yet, uh, but... You can learn something that's going to help you maybe in your finances or in your marriage or in your job, in your workplace. If you pay attention to principles, you learn principles, they translate in other aspects of our life. And I think you'll be able to walk away with something that will help you. Um, so uh, we want you to be able to, to walk away with something for that. Um, first week, we talked about first and second things. We talked about building our life on a solid foundation so that our life will stand the test of time and we'll be able to with, withstand storms that come our ways. And so we said put first things first, second things second. And we challenge people to this, this year, 2017, make reading and, and praying a priority. Reading the Bible and praying a priority uh, so you can be spiritually fit. Uh, second week, we, t- we talked about stop. We said stop trying and start trying. Uh, stop trying and start training. And there's a big difference between training to do something and trying to do something that's very hard. If you train to do something hard, most likely you'll succeed. If you just try to do something hard without the training, a lot of times you fail. That's the reason people don't make it through the year with their resolutions is because they try to do something that's really not they're not ready for, but learn to train. And so we said that you don't have to do things, you get to do things. If you change that perspective in your life, you'll begin to make better choices because it's really a choice. Uh, last week we said the principle was take up your cross, uh, learn to be uh, to say yes to discipline. And if you're going to be a disciple of Christ, a follower of Christ, you need to learn discipline in your life. And so we said, man, pray and read and do like the first two weeks. But then we said keep doing it over and over, do again and do again. And we said a, a really important statement that I went really fast last week. I said this. I said no one drifts into being healthy. And today I just want to kind of camp there for a second. Nobody drifts in. You don't wake up one day and you're healthy in, in, in spiritually or, or relationally or, or financially. You don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden, wow, I'm healthy in this area. 
Only people who intentionally set out to become healthy in different areas of our life will become healthy because nobody drifts into health. It's, it's, a, it's a conscious choice that we have to make to become healthy and choose things that are going to produce health in our life. Um, and we said this, we said, so today, and this is it for every day of your life, choose to do things today that you, um, that you can't do tomorrow or that you want to do tomorrow so that you can do those things when it's time to do them. So do today so that tomorrow you can do what you've always dreamed of doing is how we said it. Uh, learn to train, learn to work towards those things. And then we've been saying, we say this all the time that grow is healthy people do healthy things. And really this series is about the healthy things that people do to make them healthy, if that makes sense. So we're talking about what are those healthy things that, that, that Christ followers do that help them be spiritually fit? Um, you could you could say the same thing about physical physical fitness or, or or emotional fitness. What are those things that healthy people are doing that help them to be healthy? And and our series is about that. Here's some things that we can do um, to help us become become healthy because healthy people they do healthy things. So every week we we talk about different components of the Bible, different aspects, uh, different commands or instructions. And and I always I always want to know is why is God asking us to do these things? Like what is the point of this? Like He's always asking us to do something. Why does He want us to do all these things? Um, there's, there's a, a principle you need to learn about the Bible is that in, in God, nothing is addictive. There is nothing addictive in God. And he designed it this way in him. He, he doesn't give us things that, that we, we, he doesn't want us to be forced to do something. He wants us to choose the things that, that he invites us into. And so there's nothing addictive in him. And so it takes work and persistence to accomplish what he's asking us to do. Uh, like any relationship, if it's healthy, um, you, it means you're working at it. If it's unhealthy or if you're not working at it, it will eventually decline and become unhealthy. Uh, I always like to ask the question, why? So why is God asking me these things? You know, a good mentor, a good teacher is the one that's able to explain not just what to do, but why you should be doing those things. And in the Bible, God is asking us to do things. But if we'll take a moment to really ask the question, why is he asking me to do these things? It'll help us to understand that there's something good in it, even when it means saying no to something hard. Um, And so he asks us why. It's kind of like this. Um, his teachings, commands, they're usually trying to help us overcome something or, or protect us from something. We can compare it to, um, well, a few things like you'll hear in the Bible. It says, guard your heart. Above all else, guard your heart. Well, why does he want you to guard your heart? Why, does, why is that so important? If you learn the why, you begin to realize, oh, that's why he's saying that. Or, or he'll say, um, in the Bible, he'll say, love others. Well, why does he want us to love others? Why is that so important? Put God first. Why is it so important to put God first? Why is he asking us these things? Because in it, he's trying to develop something. Or this one, uh, you shouldn't have sex with somebody that's not your spouse, right? Like, why does he want not me to have that kind of relationship with another person? Like, there's something in there. There's something that he's trying to protect us or help us with to be healthy. We can compare it to my kids. They like candy. Anybody like candy in this room? I'm with you. Chocolate. Dark chocolate. Yeah, some good, yeah. Ooh, bonbons and uh, what are the ones we eat? Um, I just lost my... Lindor, truffles. Mm, I like truffles. Chocolate, candy. It's good. My kids think candy is really good too. And they all want to eat it all the time. And they'll sneak candy and they'll eat it all the time if we don't, if we let them. And they're always asking us. And sometimes, you know what I say to my kids when they say, can I have candy? I say, no. And they're like, oh, you're like, man, you're a bad parent. You're so bad. Well, we know this about candy, right? My kids get to eat candy sometimes. Um, but not all the time, because I understand that if they're only eating candy, they're not eating anything nourishing, they will be, they'll become sick. Like their immune system will drop. It's not good for them. Um, candy's not necessarily bad, but too much of it is bad, right? We know that. And so if they're not eating food, they're only eating candy, they will get sick. It won't be good for them. They eat too much of it, their, their teeth will get cavities and eventually rot. There's all these bad things that will come with this thing that's really actually pretty tasty and good, but, but it will it'll eventually um, hurt them. 
And, and in this, I guess we could say it like this when it comes to candy. Just because it looks good and tastes good and maybe even feels good, it doesn't mean it's going to produce health, anything healthy in our lives, right? So I know this for my kids. You should have some fruit instead of that candy because that's going to give you some vitamins and some good nourishment, not just something sweet. But I want the candy. Well, you should have the fruit instead. Does that mean I'm a bad dad? No, it actually means I'm a good dad who's saying, hey, I don't want you to have cavities. I don't want you to be sick. I want you to be healthy. And then there's those times to indulge and have, have the candy. It's fine. But there's those times you should refrain. I think God is the same way. He's trying to say, um, I want to I protect you from something. I don't want you to indulge in something even if it's good or if it looks good or tastes good. Because cause when, um, when we do something in the wrong way, it will hurt us. And sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says wait. Sometimes he says be patient. It's, it's, we have to get to this place where we realize that God is a good father and he has good plans for our life. And when he's asking us not to do something, maybe there's a really good reason behind it. Maybe he's trying to help us with something. Um, you know, he's brilliant. He's creative. Have you looked outside lately? Have you seen these sunsets, you know, with our, our weather, the snow that falls on the, uh, down, the fog that comes with that? You know, our sunsets, our sunrises, uh, the mountains. If you, if you, we have great hiking places all around us. Just pay attention. You begin to realize, wow, this... God who creates all this is pretty creative. My, my news feed is blowing up with all these new babies. Uh, we have some new babies in the, in, in the church, and uh, my sister just had a little baby and an uncle again. And so I have all these pictures of these, of these newborns, and you're like thinking, wow, like God is pretty amazing how he creates things. Uh, it's, it's pretty awesome. He, he's, he's, and, 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 and he made things to work a specific way. After all, he created it all, and so um, he's trying to help us to understand um, there, there's something behind all of this, and he's trying to help us. And so, so when it comes to being spiritually fit, uh, when he asks us to do things, if we understand the why, it'll help us to be able to say yes to those things easier uh, so that we can become healthy. Uh, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, when it comes to being, uh, become, trying to become healthy in any area of our life, especially spiritual fitness, you know, we start the year off by saying, all right, I'm going to read my Bible more, I'm going to pray, or I'm going to go to the gym or whatever it is. And a lot of people start strong, but very few finish strong. What will it take for us to finish strong? You know, and I'm not just talking about a year. That'd, that'd be great to finish strong this year in 2017. But what would it look like in your life if you're able to go the distance, like the whole distance, and in 20, 30 years, you could look back and you can say, man, I like the person I've become. And the people around you say, man, I like being around you. And you like to be around the people. Um, that would be, that's really good. And so today, part four, that the, the principle we're going to talk about, being spiritually fit, is very important. And it's a practice that a lot of us lack because sometimes we think it's not that important, but it is really important. There's a reason God gave it to us. And he's saying, if you pay attention, you will become healthy if you, if you do these things. You won't fade out. You won't burn up. You won't burn out. You won't give up. Um, it's important. I guess we'd, we'd, we could answer this question is, for, for today is, how can I go the distance and have people around me still like me? How can I go the distance and still like the person I become? How can you do this? Well, today I want to give you a, a part of that being healthy is saying, if you do these things, you will be able to look back and say, all right, I, made the, I went the distance. Because I'm tired of people of seeing people start off strong in marriage or in, in school or in whatever aspect of life. And they start off strong and then step down the road they just they fade out and they, they quit and they stop or they get taken out, whatever it is. I want to see people go the distance. That in 20, 30 years we can look back and say, man, look how far we've come. It's great. 2017 be a great year. Uh, we need to learn to lighten up. Uh, for some of us, we need to, if this is going to happen, we need to learn to get off our high horse and stop thinking so highly of ourselves and just loosen up and, and relax and laugh. And maybe not take things too seriously. I would say it like this. Don't take things in life that aren't serious so seriously. There's some things in life that are really not that serious. Like stop taking those things so seriously. And then the, the reverse of that for some of us in this room, you need to start taking things in life that are serious, serious. Like relationships. Those things last. 
We, we need to pay attention to what's really serious. So today, as we're going to be talking about um, this, this principle, there's two extremes to what we're trying to address um, with this principle. Um, there's two extremes would be this, the, the workaholism, working all the time, and doing nothing, being lazy. Now, there's just two extremes when it comes to life, when it comes to work, when it comes to our daily routines. Um, workaholism is where we're, we're always working, always engaged, always on, and then laziness doing nothing. And then somewhere in there, there would be like procrastination, putting things off. Uh, there would be distractions that keep us from doing things, of, of being healthy, being productive, um, doing too much and doing too little. So an unhealthy amount of work in anything is never good. It always leads to unhealth. Um, and, and then a lack of healthy amounts of work will also lead to something that's unhealthy. Um, so we're talking about sometimes we think, well, balance will be the answer. So somewhere in there is a balance, right? Like we need to find the balance. Not necessarily. I don't think balance is necessarily the answer. I think that's a relative term because that means something different to everybody. Because um, if we were really balanced in, in our work and in our life, we would work three and a half days and we'd be off three and a half days. And you would not produce a whole lot in your life if you did that. And so it's not always a balance. I think a better, a better way to look at it is about our routines. Because routines are going to produce health and they're going to either lead to health or they're going to lead to death. The routines that we have on a daily basis are either producing something healthy in us or they're leading to a death in something in a relationship, whether it's our relationship with God, relationship with our spouse or with our kids or with somebody else. If, if your routines are out of whack, they will produce something negative. If they're right, they will produce something good. So they're either helping us get healthy or they're slowly killing us. And the way to think of our routines is this. I, I think the word, the Bible, one of the words the Bible uses is Sabbath. It's a day of rest. Um, I think we could say it like this. That the, the principle in the Bible is, is the principle of rhythm. All right? Rhythm would be you engage, you engage, and then you take your frame from engaging. You work, and then you rest. You learn this rhythm in your life, and it's not about balance. It's not three and a half and three and a half. It's actually Sabbath is six days on and one day off. Take that break, and then six days on and one day off. This is the principle, uh, principle of, of, of rhythm in the Bible. We're going to talk about that, what, what, how the Bible is trying to help us to be healthy when, we, when it comes to the rhythms and the routines of our life. Uh, the first week I showed you this, this graph uh, from the Navy that talks about spiritual health. You can see up here on this graph it says shows being fit, and it goes over to being drained, and it gives you the potential indicators. If you're spiritually fit, uh, here's some indicators that you're engaging in meaning and purpose. Uh, if you're stressed, you're going to neglect meaningful things, your purpose. If you're depleted, you lose a sense of life's meaning and purpose. And then if you're drained, it feels like life has no meaning or purpose. I think this translates into other areas of our life. But when it comes to being spiritually fit, if, if, you, do, if you have the right routines and you're, you have the right rhythm in your life, you will find yourself on this side of the spectrum more. And when you get stressed, usually it's because there's something out of whack in your routines and your rhythm. And if, if you're drained, if you're depleted and drained, it means that you're, you're doing too much of something or, or you're doing too little of something and eventually you get to this place. Well, if you live on this side of the graph, that is not a fun place to live for you or for people around you. Because when, when we're drained, nobody likes us because we're grumpy and we're upset and we're mad all the time. It's just not fun. And we're not, we weren't created to live there. But people think, well, I just need to work more because I need, I need to produce more. You know, the people, not always the people, that, it's not always the people who work the hardest and the most are the ones that produce the most. It's not. It's, it's, a lot of times it's people who work smarter, who know how to do things. And, and rhythm is about saying work really hard for six days and then one day learn to just dis, dis, disconnect and unplug and rest up so the next six days you can engage again and work even harder and even more, produce more. Now, we, we find this principle right in the beginning of the Bible. Genesis 2, 2, 1 through 3. It says it like this. Genesis 2, chapter 2, verse 1. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed on the seventh day. Completed on the seventh day. God finished his work of creation. So he rested 
from all of his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from all his work of creation. So God creates, and then he takes a break. It's not because God needed to do this. It's because he, this is how he created creation to, to function, to work, how he created animals, how he created humans, how he created us to, to, to be engaged for six days and then off one day to rest and relax. And for this, in this, this would be a Saturday. So for Sabbath, for many people, it's Saturday. Um, for some, it's Sunday. It's, it's, the, the day is not actually the most important thing because Jesus said it like this. He said, uh, man wasn't created for Sabbath, but Sabbath was created for man, which means we shouldn't hold to a specific um, practice of that saying this is so rigid that they said this is, this is we're made for this rather that was made for us like a break from work is made for us which means we have to learn how to use this in a healthy way uh, there, we can go on more teaching of that why we worship on sunday not on saturday um there's a, it's uh it's good so we'll move on to that um i'll explain that for one second so sundays um sunday would be the start of the week it would be the first day yeah, so, so Christians said, why, wouldn't it be great to start our week off by saying, God, we invite you in our week, rather than ending our week with saying, God, thank you for the week. And that's important. And, and there were some, some changes that, we, that the church made to be able to say, let's worship on the first day of the week, not on the last day of the week. And that's why we worship on Sundays. And not, not for people, if people worship on Saturdays, still good. It's not a bad thing. We just choose Sundays to be our day of, of worship. It's important. And in this rhythm of Genesis 2, God is working six and resting one. I think the rhythm is even more than that. If you read the story, the first day he created something, and in the middle of, after he created it, he looks back and says this phrase over and over, and God saw that it was good. And the second day he created, and God saw that it was good. And the third day he created, and God saw that it was good. So this idea of rhythm is saying we work, but then in the middle of our work or the end of our work, we reflect and look back at our day and say, man, I did good work today. You're a good worker today, Eric. That's awesome. Like you, you, you created some good stuff. That, that's God's rhythm. You work, and then you disconnect. And in that, you celebrate. You, look, you, you recognize what's good in the middle of what's going on. You engage, and then you disengage. You work hard, you do good work, and then you celebrate your work. You, you, you work hard, and then you relax, you rest, you recharge, you refuel, so you can work hard again the next day, or you work the next week. Um, I guess the question would be why. Why is this so important? Um, because in the, in, I think God knew we have a tendency as humans to focus too much on the doing and less on who we are, uh, to, to care for the wrong things, to focus on the wrong thing. Um, you know, we, we te- humans tend to have this tendency to think that our value comes from the things that we produce, the things that we do. We think that we're only valuable when we can produce something. You know, there's a reason we're called human beings and not human doings, right? Because God didn't create us just to do things. He created us for something more than that. The doing is important, but that's a second thing. The first thing is, is the being part. In, in the Old Testament, the people of Israel become slaves to Egypt. And, and the Egyptians are, the, are their taskmasters. And, 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 and they, the only value that the Israelites had was when they can produce something. As soon as they no longer could produce, they had no value as a human anymore. And we sometimes get in this mindset. The Old Testament slavery of Egypt, the Israelites in slavery would be equivalent to us being enslaved to sin, being trapped, being addicted, being, um, being separated from God. And in that, God is saying, I want to free you from being a slave. And then I want to free your mind from thinking that your value only comes from the doing. In fact, it's more about who you're becoming. Your value is not what you produce, but your value is in who you are. Because when our value is only in what we produce, we miss the point of it all. Um, life is about who we're becoming, of who we are, not, not what we just what we do. Doing is important. God said he created us for good works, but it's more about who he's trying to create in us. 
Because uh, God is looking for individuals who are willing to live his values. In the story, God is always looking for individuals to say, well, you trust me with this. Adam and Eve, here's, the, here's, the, here's what you should do. Here's what you shouldn't do. Just trust me. And as soon as Adam and Eve disobeyed and went against him, the, the, the consequences and the repercussions were not good. Because God knows that those things are not good. Don't Stay away from them. Too much candy at one time is not good. Stay away from those things. He's trying to help us. He's looking for individuals who are willing to live out his values. In fact, I would say if you don't like God's values, you're not going to like heaven a whole lot. You don't like it. It won't be fun. Because it's going to be something that, that is foreign to you because you're not trusting God for life. He's looking for people to say, I will, I'm, going to, I'm going to be more concerned with who I'm becoming for this very reason than what, just what I'm doing. Who's, who's the person God's inviting you to become? Um, and then you'll begin to do more, more work that will have, actually have a greater impact in your life. Doing is the second thing. Becoming is the first thing. It's, it's us becoming to a place where when we understand why he's asking us to do these things, it's easier to say yes to those things. When we understand what, why he's asking us, it's, it's like we can say, or if we don't understand, we just say, I can trust you enough, God, knowing that you have a plan for my life. You can trust God knowing that he has a plan for your life. It's asking and saying, I'm going, to, I'm going to trust you in this process and embrace the process of becoming. This is why I think God sometimes doesn't rescue us from really hard situations right away. Because a lot of times in the middle of that, he's actually wanting us to learn something about ourselves, about others. Because he wants us to become someone. Not just to rescue us. If he rescues people all the time, we just become spoiled. If I rescue my kids every little, every little moment, I don't let them learn, they become spoiled. But if I allow them to work through things in difficult times, they mature, they grow up. Why? Because it's important who they're becoming. It's important who we're becoming. It's about doing the right things for the right reasons so we can have a greater impact. In the life of Jesus, we see this. You know, Being fit spiritually is about finding this rhythm and the routine in our life that'll, that, that can help us go the distance. Uh, we see this in Jesus' life. In Mark one thirty-five, it says this about Jesus. Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. The whole story before this point, he's working really hard. He's healing people. He's teaching. It's a long day of, of ministry and work. And so the next day, what does he do? He disconnects, gets away from people, and goes, goes alone to pray. He's, he's, he's disconnecting. And then it says later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. It was, all the, the needs were there. They were pressing on him. He knew he had to get away for a while to disconnect, to recharge, to refuel. Um, Jesus modeled these principles for us. Luke five sixteen says another part about Jesus. It says, uh, but Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. So before this, same story, not the same story, different story, but he's working hard, he's teaching, he's healing the, the day before. And then what happens the next day? He withdraw, takes, takes a break from people, gets away from people, and gets alone with God and prays. He t- takes a time of, 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 disengage, of disengaging from, from work to be able to rest. It's a routine. It's, it's working hard and then taking a, bre- a break. If you're going to be fit, spiritually fit, physically fit, everything, I think rhythm in your life is really important. In your marriage, it's important to have a rhythm. Raising your kids is important to have a rhythm. It's refraining from those things that are pressing on ourselves. Sometimes it's, it's learning to take a nap. It's learning just to relax and, and let the world continue to... A Sabbath is kind of God's way of saying, it doesn't rest on your shoulders. It rests on my shoulders. It's going to be okay if you don't work for a day and take a break. It's, you're saying, I trust you, God, that you'll do more this next week because I'm putting you first than trying to do it all on my own. Um, it's, it's not being, you know, the story of Jesus where he takes a nap in the middle of, of a storm. He's, he's, he's found sleeping. Almost his way of saying, I'm not overly concerned about the storm at the moment because I know God has better plans for my life. 
taking a Sabbath, taking a, a break is saying, all right, I'm not over concerned with everything because I'm really not in control. I'm not God. God, I trust you in this. Uh, the reason is because when we get our priorities mixed up, our health always declines. When it comes to our spiritual relationship with God, when it comes to our relationship with, with others, if our priorities get out of whack, our health and our relationship will decline. Um, work is there to support the family. The family is not there to support work. And when we mix those two up, our priorities get out of whack, and then we begin to resent our family because they get in the way of our work. They get in the way of, what, uh, of our doing, and we forget, wait, it's about who we're becoming. Um, our, our, our relationships decline when we get our priorities wrongs. Our relationships suffer because the truth is work flows out of who we are, not just what we do. The, the work that we do is flows out of who we are. When I do the right things for the right reason, I have healthy relationships with my wife, healthy relationships with my kids. When my priorities are wrong, well, then I resent them because I might be doing the right thing, but it's for the wrong reason. And I'm not really focused on who I am. I'm focused on what I'm doing. That they, they see through that and they know it and it affects them. Um, Becoming is not about perfection. It's about process. So, that, so if God is trying to help you to become somebody, it's not, it's not about perfection. It's about process. Like we said the second week, it's about training to become somebody. It's not you all of a sudden you just show up and you you're all of a sudden wake up and you're perfect one day. You're, you're a work in progress. It's a continued process where you keep going. So if you're a workaholic and you don't have rhythm, or maybe you say, my rhythm is, I do have rhythm. It's on all the time. Well, you will burn up, and the people around you won't like you because you will not – you will not be pouring into, into those relationships, and, and you will ruin relationships because you don't have a healthy rhythm, or they won't be able to keep up with you. People just can't keep up with people that are like that, always on. You have to learn to, to relax. Uh, we can say it like this. You need to learn to do things that, um, that fuels you. Pay attention to your rhythms of, of your life, the cycles. You know, women have cycles. Guys have cycles. Life has cycles all the time, and we have to pay attention to those because when we're in those cycles, we can be stressed. We can be overwhelmed. And if we're not paying attention to those things, we can produce worse things in, in our lives. But when we're aware of those things, it helps us. It, we have to learn to do what, things that fuel us, things that energize us. You know, get out. Maybe nature might, might help you. Take a break and get out in nature and walk and, and just breathe and, and, and turn things over to God and trust him for those things. Um, don't let, don't let um, the pressure of life um, make you stressed and overwhelmed and deplete and drain you. Because we're no good to anybody when we get in that place. We have to always say, well, what do I need to continue to do so I can be healthy, so I can be physically fit, so I can be spiritually fit, so I can be mentally fit? What are those things, relationally fit, that I need to keep doing so that not only people around me will like me, but I'll like myself when I get down the road a little further down? How can I do those things that are going to help me become that person? Uh, in the Bible, God knew that we needed rhythm so bad. He even gave the, the people of Israel three um, holy days. We, we say holidays. Three holidays to, to go in, back to Jerusalem and celebrate. Like he's essentially saying, I want you to get away from, from town. I want you to get away and go celebrate, have a party, have fun, enjoy life, and remember that I'm God and you're not. He gave him these rhythms and these breaks. So it's not just once a week, but it's three times a year. And then there's other celebrations he had for them too that were, they didn't have to leave their house, but it was, it was a way to celebrate and look back. You know, when it comes to the things we do, if we don't learn um, to, to be able to, to celebrate what's happening and, and recognize what's good, work just becomes work and it's not fun. But when we learn to celebrate and look back and say, wow, look at all the things that are happening in our lives. That's good. We can celebrate. You know, as a church, as the Grove, one of the things that we had happen last week that was great is we've, we have a record attendance for our G-Kids. So our kids' ministry, last Sunday there was more kids in, in our G-Kids than there's ever been in the last two and a half years. That's something to celebrate. Would you with me? Yeah? That's awesome. 
when I tell our team that, they get pumped up because they understand, hey, what we're doing is, is making a difference. We're helping kids to connect to God. We're helping kids to not have as many issues as we do in life. That's a good thing. And so we learn to celebrate. And when you celebrate, today's G Kids team, I can tell you, they're, they're excited to be out there working. Why? Because we, say, we, we, we celebrate. It's a rhythm of saying, all right, what we're doing is a good thing. Let's keep doing the good thing. I would say, I would say learn, to, learn to, to let loose. Uh, learn to laugh. You know, if, uh, if you're drained, if you're stressed, if you're, if you're not enjoying work, man, just disengage and just get away. I need to get around people that make me laugh. When I'm around people that laugh, it just helps me relax. It helps me to, to be able to enjoy life more. In fact, I know if I can be somebody's friend by the amount of time, how much we can laugh together. If I can't laugh with them, I know we won't be good friends because that just means they're going to drain me because they're going to be too somber and too serious. And that means I'll have to be serious and I can't let loose. And that, that can just be a draining relationship. But when you can laugh and you can enjoy things, you can celebrate, that helps fuel you. It helps fuel me uh, to be able to do those things. Um, learn to celebrate. Celebrate the, the small victories, the small wins. This last week, we challenged you to read your Bible and pray. Did, did you read that? Oh, I did one day. That's awesome. Good for that one day. This week, let's do a little more. Let's try to do two days. Let's be consistent in this. Let's get those right things in our, in our those right disciplines in our life. Um, learn to celebrate. Be thankful. You know, Sundays should be a, a day of celebration. At our church, we want, we want church to be fun. We want you to choose to come. Not that you have to come, but you choose because you know you're going to learn something that's going to help you for the week. We know that, we, you know that you're going to come and God's going to speak something or he's going to do something in your life that's going to help you become better. It should be, be a day of fun to pause, to reflect, to relax, to refuel, to refrain from being a jerk, right? That's what Sunday should be. We just say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lighten up so I'm just not a jerk. I'm going to take a nap because I really need a nap because I'm starting to be grumpy and snap. Yeah, you need a nap. You should take a nap. That would be a good thing so that you can produce better results and you can have healthy relationships in life with God. Learn to celebrate. Uh, do things where your mind can shut off. Uh, for a while. If it's reading a book, read a book. It's watch a movie. Watch a movie. There's all these other things you can do. I like swimming. My, I don't think a lot when I swim. It's, it's great. Where your mind can just turn off and you can just, you can refuel and you can stop all those things that are pressing you all the time. Um, a card game, a board game. Learn to just have a rhythm in your life where you can become healthy, not stressed, not depleted, and not drained. How can I become these things? So this series, we said two things you should really, really put into your life for 2017 is you should have prayer, Every day, and you should have some kind of Bible reading every day, whether that's a verse that you can meditate on and think about, whether that's a chapter or a paragraph. Don't complicate it. Just start. Remember we said just train. Don't try to read the whole Bible at once. Just train to get to that place where you can read the Bible so that maybe one day you could read the whole Bible, but just start somewhere. Pray and study. This would, kind of, this would be the equivalent if you're going to go exercise of eating a really healthy meal okay, and making a plan with a good trainer of what you should be doing that day to be healthy. That's what prayer Bible study would be equivalent to. And then when they say, okay, these are the things you should be doing, then you begin to do those things, that's when you find health. So when you read the Bible, when you pray, God is going to help you to understand what you should be doing, what you should be practicing and exercising. Like, like they might say, hey, would you just love somebody? Would you give the poor some money? And you say, all right, God, you challenged me to give the poor money. I'm going to look for somebody that needs money. I'm going to bless them. And then you practice that thing he asked you to do. You're exercising your faith. You're growing spiritually, and you're becoming spiritually fit. So prayer and Bible study important. should be part of your rhythm that you include uh, on a daily basis. I mean, can you imagine eating one time a week and then exercising? Like you would not do a lot of good exercise. You, would, you wouldn't make it. You would, you would collapse because your body needs nourishment to be able to exercise. The same principles for our spirit and our soul. Our, our soul and our spirit need nourishment to be able to practice and exercise the thing God wants us to do. Does that make sense? 
So when you read your Bible and you pray, when you come to church, you're getting food for your soul, for your spirit, so that you can do the things God wants you to do. And some people that don't put these practices in their lives, they struggle throughout the week and they say, why am I struggling so much? Why do I give in to all these things? Because you have no nourishment in your soul to sustain you to be able to overcome those things. There's a reason God says, man, put me first. Put me first. Put me first in your day. Put me first in your week. Learn to put me first in your year. And he, he, he tells in all these different areas of your life, put me first and you'll see that I'll protect the rest. And he invites us into this. So today is good. You, you started the week off good. You put God first. Just trust now for the week that he's going to protect and lead. And then every day say, God, I'm going to put you first. Five minutes, maybe 15 minutes. One percent of your day is 15 minutes. Then pray for a few minutes. We have some great resources on our website that help you with prayer. If you get distracted like I do, there's some great prayers that help you lead you in a, in a, in a path that you can stay focused. Um, the Bible apps, get, get an app and, and get a verse of the day or, or read that every day. It'd be great. So here's our challenge for today. Find rhythm and then practice rhythm. Find rhythm in your life, pay attention, and then practice that rhythm on a daily basis and on a weekly basis and on a yearly basis, which means you, you need to get a calendar out and set a plan and a date and let people know, hey, this is my plan. This is what I need to accomplish. And then every day take that nourishment in and ask God and invite him in. You know, read the Bible, it's not that complicated. You read the verse and you say, wow, that's, that's a good verse today. What does this mean to me, God? All right, I'm going to observe that. What does this mean in my life? Now help me to practice this. How am I going to do this today? And you pray it. And then you begin to just live it and practice it. You eat, you make a plan, and then you begin to practice what you learn. So we say pray, pray and then read and then do and do again. Or read and then pray and then do those things over and over. Get a rhythm in 2017. I promise you, if you have a rhythm in, in all your aspects of your life, people will enjoy to be around you more. Because you'll be healthy, you'll be more enjoyable, you'll enjoy life more. It's a good thing. And we wonder why God says no to, says, says no to some stuff sometimes. Because he's trying to protect us. And why he says do these things, because he wants us to be healthy. Not stressed, not drained, but to do things that are going to produce in us. Um, so at this point so far, I've talked to uh, people who say, I, I, I want to become healthy spiritually. I want these practices in my life. I, I want to be, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian, or I'm a Christ follower, and... Um, I want to follow his ways. Well, there's some people in this room that maybe you're not at that step yet. You, 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 don't, you haven't made the decision to let God lead. Um, and in this moment, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. Uh, you've come for a reason. We pray for you every single week. If you're a guest and maybe you haven't been to church for a long time or you're new or you haven't been for a while, uh, there's a reason you're here today. And, and we're talking about rhythm. And you might think, oh, right, this doesn't really apply. It does reply because God cares for you and he wants you to be healthy. He wants you to connect these principles and his love into your life. So you can really live life that he intended you to live the whole time. In fact, I believe there's people here that, that have come and you're stressed. You're worrying about finances. You're worrying about work. You're worrying about life. You're worrying about marriage or family. There's a reason you're worrying about all this stuff. I would say because your priority is out of whack. Your rhythm is off. And that's what was produced out of that is stress and worry and all that things that come with it. But when you learn to say, God, I'm going to put you first. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to have rhythm in my life. You'll begin to see that health is produced in that. And he'll help us through these things. In fact, one of the stories we've been reading every, every week for this series is, is a story that Jesus taught in Matthew 7 about a wise builder and a foolish builder. And this is what he says. He says, anyone who listens to my teachings, Matthew 7, 24, and follows it is wise. The person who listens to my teaching, hears it, and follows it is a wise person. He's like a person who builds his house on a solid foundation, a solid rock. Though the rains come and the torrents and floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and doesn't obey, doesn't obey it is foolish. 
Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Jesus is saying, I'm coming, I've come to earth to give you these teachings to help you be healthy, to help you enjoy life, to help you weather the storms that come your way. See, see in this story, the wise person and the foolish person both have storms in their life. They both have difficulties. But the one that makes it through the storm is the wise person who says, I'm going to build my life upon something that's solid, a foundation that's going to last and withstand. Foolish person just goes day to day and says, I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm going to do whatever comes my way. And when the storms come, their lives collapse, and it's a heap of ruins. Today you have a choice. You can be a wise person, or you can be a foolish person. You've heard some teachings. You've, you've heard the invitation I believe God has given you is saying, get rhythm in your life. Are you can be a wise person, and in 20 years you look down back and you say, wow, I like the person I've become. I like the people I'm around. I think they like me. Or are you going to be a foolish person and continue to do what's not working, What's easy a lot of times and eating all the candy you want, but looking back and saying, wow, I really don't like what that's produced in my life. The choice is yours. And today I want to help you take a step to say, God, I want to make the choice to follow you. Would you do me a favor? Would you close your eyes and bow your head today as we close service? If you're here today and you've built your life on the sand, on just whatever comes your way, and maybe your life is in ruins or maybe it's about to be in ruins or whatever, you, you just know, you know where you're at. And today you would say, I need God's help. I need to put God first. I need a relationship with God. I, spiritually, I'm not fit, and I need to start this journey with him. I would love to leave you, lead you in a prayer that just invites God to be God in your life. You would say, God, lead me in this. So the Bible says, if we ask God to forgive us of our sins, of our wrongdoing, he, he responds by saying, I forgive you. And he shows up in a powerful way in our lives. So today I want to give you this opportunity. If you're here today and you want to make God, God in your life, you want to let him lead, I'll lead you in a prayer. If that's you, would you do me a favor, raise your hand. Let me know you're here. I'm not going to call you down to the front. I'm going to lead you in your seat where it is. Thank you. I see your hands. Thank you. Awesome. Anybody else? Today you need to make the decision saying, I need to build my life on something solid. I need God's help. Awesome. I see your hands. For all you raise your hand, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. It's just, it's, it's the starting point for us to say, God, we invite you into our life. Pray this prayer with me. If you're a Christ follower in this room, Christian, would you pray with us so they're not praying alone? Say this today. Say, Father God, today I admit that I need your help. Forgive me for my sin, for my choices. Help me to live a life that you created me to live. I invite you today to come into my life. Make me a new person. Help me to follow you. I believe you died on that cross for me. I believe you're alive today to help me. So I invite you into my life. Lead me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.